no sound, no air. A bright, looming whisper. Here sprawls a white void that stretches into infinity. A hollow eternity with no discernible purpose. Its existence, a sweeping wave that washes away at humanity's last hope. But wait, there, on the outer edges, nestled between the possible and impossible, on the cusp of reality, could this be salvation? Or is is that a display from living room? In the void, there's just a chunk of a building. I think there's people living in it. One of them's bleeding out. This ceiling is so boring. I thought you were dying. Yeah, from looking at the ceiling. I guess, uh, let's get to know the home's inhabitants. Meet Sandra Mowgli. Hello. An out-of-her-mind egotistical bibliophile. That's fairly insulting to define me with such broad strokes. And meet Quincy Trainer. Hey! An incompetent and recently stabbed man-thing. That's pretty accurate, yeah. Where are they? How did they get here? Why were they transported? To what end? Together, they sit in the waiting room of their display home living room, unable to die and unsure of what exactly occurred. Together, they miss the story. Today's episode, we had some good times. You can run, and you can claw, and you can wrestle with every second, every fraction of a moment, but in the end, well, the end. What are you doing? Oh, me? Yeah, just go over some last words, sing what feels right. Great. Could you keep it down? Wow. Wow. I heard you say wow. I'm not biting. So what? My last words were too loud? My swan song more swan than song? I'm dying, Mowgli. Then die faster. After a week, it becomes selfish. I was stabbed by a beekeeper? The beekeeper. And are we doing a recap? Is that what this is? No, I thought it'd just be nice to get some sympathy. And I thought it would be nice to get buffed by the MCU Chris's. But we all have our prats. Come on, if you want me to take your death seriously, perhaps you should be less giddy. You're on your deathbed and practically full of life. Does this look full of life? Ah! Stop playing with your stab wound, Jesus. Do you want me to help close it? Oh, now she wants to help. I help plenty, thank you. I opened the door to help drain the blood out. Please. That was more for you than it was for me. Dry floors won't be particularly necessary when I escape my physical form. And what do you think happens when you die? Turn to ether, maybe paste. Either way, I'm congealing. But look, my theories on the afterlife aren't made in a kiln. Really got my eyes over that book, huh? There's plenty of other ideas. Most built on repentance, guilt, what you owe, karma, suffering for your attraction to centaurs, credit for keeping your pants on through Narnia. But really, the more I look at this place, the more I just can't wrap my head around ever being able to understand it all. It must be so complex, so confusing, so flatly unobtainable. Or there's nothing. Man dying before you when you say there's no afterlife. Faux pas. Well, what about this place? What if this is what happens? What? No, not a chance. The writers would get lynched. Now, can we please focus and figure out what to put on my tombstone? I'm thinking Eddie's Tombstone's West Brunswick. There's a tombstone salesman I a favour. You're not dying. Oh, come on. Just for one second, can you just mourn me? I mean, we had some good times. Like, there's no real reason for us to be constantly bickering. We're not so different. Me, a successful, distant acquaintance to a guy who owns a Stormtrooper helmet. And you? Present. Two peas in an infinitely empty pod. Look, I get that you're trying to seek some common ground. We're not going to magically get along because you're dying. Remember when we first got here? Where did you get a heart? I'm not sure, but when we first got here, there was no anger between us. We were just two people in the same situation, trying to figure out what was going on. As I recall, we screamed for a solid hour, then you said, you're behind this, and tried to choke me. Yeah, exactly. Just before that choking bit. There was no ill will. So, the hour of screaming? 
Sorry, so rude to interrupt. Couldn't help but notice that you're in a spot of bother. There is blood pouring out of this here display home living room. Is everything alright? No, everything isn't alright. I'm bleeding out and the one person I'm trapped with for attorney won't even pity cry. Well, actually, it's not just us. You're another person, aren't you? With skin and teeth and skin. It's so nice to meet you. I'd come shake your hand and welcome you in, but with the blood, I'm afraid I'm not one for waiting. And I'm not one for waiting. May I enter? Yes, of course. Were you transported here? Do you know what's going on? Sadly, I'm just passing through. Okay, yeah, uh, no, buddy. You're gonna have to head on right back to that stoop. Yes, certainly. Whatever makes you comfortable. Quincy! The last person we let in stabbed me! Now, are you a normal guy or some strange supernatural being? Perhaps I lean a little more to the latter. Okay, yeah, good call on my part. Name and premise of the door. Oh, very well. My name is Damien Largo, and I'm a blood butler. Blood butler? I drink the blood of living creatures in exchange for butlery services, as to sustain myself. And he stuck the landing. So you're a polite vampire. Blood butler. It's legally distinct. I believe vampires are in the public domain. Well, one can never be too careful. Copyright holders are ruthless. Consider Patty and Mildred Hill. They're long dead and making bank. Actually, they recently lost the rights to the birthday song. But, rumor has it, their ghosts are gunning for chopsticks. Wait, so you're here to exchange my excess blood for butlery services? Precisely. Yeah, hard no! Thanks for stopping by. Enjoy your day. Night. Void. Very well. Sorry to intrude. All the best. Wait, hold up. Quincy, I thought you were after someone to form a positive relationship with. Someone who cares enough to mourn your slow, non-existent death. Isn't this a perfect opportunity? He's a vampire. He is still here, and also not a vampire. Really? It's no bother. I just figured I'd ask. No, 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 no. It is a bother. Quincy, you're pouring out blood like a subway septic tank. This man needs it. Oh... What? What are you owing about? You think if I befriend this blood-sucking monster, it'll alleviate some of the weight on this dynamic. Are you recapping again? Yes, obviously. That isn't a revelation. I'm being rather transparent. Sorry, did you just refer to me as a blood-sucking monster? In passing. Also adjacent. Guys, there's no need to fight. Look, at the very least, you should interview the creature. Gage how he stacks up. Okay, fine. Whatever. You know how to clean? I've been known to sling a mop once or twice. Any past experience? There was a rather nice chap a few weeks back. How was that? Well, this might look a tad bad, but honestly, died of blood loss. Cool, we done? Do you have any hobbies? Uh, well, on full moons, I turn into a wolf creature. Yeah, not a hobby. You're a werewolf. Not a werewolf. I'm a blood butler that was bitten by a night dog. I think we might go in a different direction. Don't be so quick to judge. I'm sure Damien's various forms help him acclimate to a variety of butlery situations. I want more friendship. Oh, my night dog form is not house-trained. Can you meet me halfway? You know what? Against everything pointing to this being a terrible, terrible idea, if me hiring this sickly being helps strengthen our dynamic, then I'll do it. Although I don't appreciate being referred to as a sickly being, that sounds splendid. I'll begin by simultaneously drinking blood and ridding the floor of the substance. Oh, well, you're really going for it, huh? Well, it is rather good. One even becomes tempted to partake of the source. Hey, whoa, whoa, stop! My apologies. I was merely drinking blood. Yeah, I have a stab wound. You went for the neck. You said you want a vampire. I am not. My mistake. Your mistake! You said one even becomes tempted to partake of the source, then swooped in! Promise you're not a vampire. I promise. Or a werewolf. Not a werewolf. Night dog. May I ask the difference? No. 
and I was previously not a mummy. We didn't even know that was on the table. Oh, well, just the two. But you promise? Yes, yes I promise. Pinky promise. Shit, you got me. As a Pinocchio, I cannot lie in a pinky promise. I don't think that's how Pinocchio worked. Also, is that in the public domain? Who are you, my lawyer? Who are you, everything? The deal's off. One may not back out of a deal with a blood butler. Or what? Because I'm already bleeding out, pal. You're part exterminator too? Well, what if I was? Well, if you are, then you should know that I worked as an exterminator, and I know all the tricks of the trade. I once taught a feral cat how to smoke to have a charge for possession. Why would that ever be necessary? If you don't reinstate our deal, I shall drink you dry. And regardless of you leaving immediately, I'll exercise my ability to be incapable of death. So you admit you're not dying? Yes, obviously! As mentioned, and not merely to further recap, I wanted to know if you actually cared about me. To quell my fears of us arguing for eternity. It's not that I hate you, Quincy. It's just, I would never have gone out for lunch with you if not for this very situation. We don't get along, at all. But, you're here. I can't exactly say it is the perfect roommate in Oblivion, but I appreciate that there is someone by my side, and I'm not drifting alone. You appreciate me. Don't ruin the moment. What are you doing? I am so glad you two were finally able to patch things up. The truth is that this has all been an exercise in friendship. For I am the Bond Prince. What? What? Yes, you see, I roam through forgotten moments in time, finding those who aren't too keen on each other, and helping them better understand what they have. To remember the good times. And, in exchange, all I ask for is a humble thimble of your delicious life essence. You're not buying this, are you? Not in the slightest. Fine. All offers are off the table. I am a vampire. Wait! Wait, wait, wait! Forget you heard me say that. You two carrying any garlic? No. Silver? No. Light? No. Well, when you list it all out, vampires have a lot of weaknesses. Very well. I am a vampire. You've invited me into your home, and I long for your infinite supply of blood. So... With a classic vampire screech. <laughs> ah, he's ringing me out like a rag! He... Uh, oh. oh shit, he's super dead. What? What's that? Frankenstein's monster? Coming! You know what? I'm in this far, I'm stealing this harp too. Quincy, you're right, Quincy! Hey, it's okay. <coughs> I get to do my last part. Quincy! Quincy! How will Sandra cope by her lonesome? Is that the last we've heard from the Blood Butler? Will there ever be a cliffhanger that doesn't involve Quincy's death? Find out some, but not all. Probably none. Of these questions in the next episode of They Missed the Story, titled The Mysterious Middle Three. This week's episode featured Brianna Krauss as a sensational announcer, Amelia Leonard as Sandra Mowgli, Alexander Krauss as Quincy Trainer and Matt Bean as Damien Largo. The episode was written and edited by Alexander Krauss, with Brianna Krauss serving as audio engineer. We thank you for your service. If you enjoyed this episode, consider supporting Vegas the Story. Through some sort of means, tweet or share or do any of the things you've heard about doing from the end of something else. But for this program, anyway, I'm rambling. Succinct farewell, goodbye, adieu, fuck off. Um, hi, can I get a big tall boy? Ha, ha, ha.